just eating someone is basically fine, but you shouldn't kill them to do it. Okay. Good to know where you stand. I think it's come up before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that conversation we had about you eating your own leg. It really creeped me out. This is a show which prompts conversations about cannibalism more than others. <laughs> Welcome to Horse and Aloud, arguably one of the best Australian Bojack Horseman podcasts. I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And today we watched season four, episode nine? Nine. Yes, correct. What's it called? It was called Ruthie. Ah, okay. We've got some housekeeping. Have you been getting the notifications about our messages to the Facebook page? Um, yes I have, but I couldn't work out how to read them. I'm not good with technology. You just click the notification and it brings you to it. Oh, okay. On the phone or on the computer? Anything. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) we got a lovely message from listener Hadass who says, Hey, long time love your podcast. And then immediately after that, oh fuck, I didn't mean to send that. (laughs) And then after that, oh well, you should check out this website and sent us a link to Bojack Horseman's personal page. Have you ever seen this? No. I didn't know this was a thing. I'll send you a link on Facebook chat. Okay. It's pretty cool. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Be warned, it is one of those pages that just automatically plays music when you go to it. But in the top left corner, you can... It says music, and then there's yeah, or nay way, Jose. So you can turn it (laughs) off. Oh my god. It's like a shitty Comic Sans, like bad personal website that someone bad at the internet would make. And it's got like a novelty cursor. It's got like, it's fun. You should really visit it yourselves because otherwise it would just be us going through. (laughs) There's a broken image where the image name is just called Tasteful Nude Me and Tupac, the one on the beach where I look sexy. (laughs) It's very, it's very good very well made and you can click through to the celebrity friends photo gallery that has a lot of fun stuff and there's also links to the facebook and twitter and tumblr and instagram pages that all basically just have some variation on the same stuff like just selfies of bojack or bojack like tweeting at things or like quotes from the show but like mostly in character like there's one of him tweeting at netflix why isn't secretariat on netflix (laughs) And like <laughs> tweeting it, just tweeting at brands of food, asking him to bring back his favorite flavors. And there's a pinned tweet where he's replying to someone saying, "Tell us when season five is coming out." And he's just saying, "Wow, congratulations! You are the millionth person to ask that question. Your prize is the answer, September fourteenth. Now please stop asking me." <laughs> Which is funny, but I also don't like Bojack Horseman's Twitter acting as though he's aware that he is in a show called Bojack Horseman. <laughs> but it's fun. I didn't know that any of this kind of cross-media stuff existed, but it is... You'd think that as people who have a Bojack Horseman fan podcast, we might have been aware of this, but we totally weren't. So thank you, Hadass. Yeah. Wow. We also... We we long time love you and all our f- other fans. Yeah. We also got a message from Jean-Frédéric Hubsch, who says, FYI, Ithaca is gorgeous, refers to Ithaca, New York. Ah. So, remember I was saying that that's a reference to, like, Ulysses or something? I forgot there was an Ithaca in New York, and apparently you can just buy t-shirts that say Ithaca is gorgeous, but, like, G-O-R-G-E-S, because there are lots of gorgeous in Ithaca. Okay. Ooh, variations. Ithaca is gangster. Ithaca is suicide. Cambridge is gorgeous. Okay, Urban Dictionary. Calm down. (laughs) Jean-Frédéric also says, love your podcast. Cheers. So, yeah, thanks. Another good message. Yeah. It is always... I I like that both of these people told us that they liked the show and also shared something genuinely relevant and useful. Yeah. It's always nice. Not that we mind if you want to send in a message that's just nice and has nothing useful in it, or indeed a useful email that's kind of mean. Feel free. (laughs) But only if it's mean to Jim, not me. I can't handle it. Yeah, that's our rule. Did I cut that out of the show last time we said that? I don't want mean messages either. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that's fair enough. We got another one of those lo- notifications that's like, someone clicked the send email button, but then no email. <laughs> Okay. Like, I, I, I'm just picturing people tentatively being like, Ooh, what happens if I click this? And then it takes them to like their email client. And they're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So should we get into the episode? Let's. All right. This episode starts with like a futuristic looking classroom. It's the year 2121. Yes. And we meet Ruthie, who is giving a presentation that's on Princess Carolyn. Go ahead, Ruthie. Okay, teach bot. My great-great-great-grandmother was called Princess Carolyn. My mom told me that I come from a long line of strong female cats. Princess Carolyn was the runt of 12, and it made her one of the toughest. Mom said she could take a lickin' and keep on ticking. For Ancestry Day, I'm gonna tell you a particular story about one particular day on which Princess Carolyn faced and overcame particular adversity all the way back in the year 2017. This is kind of the framing device for the whole episode, is Ruthie just, like, giving a presentation about the events of this episode. Yeah. But, like, including bits that Princess Carolyn wasn't there for. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, fine. The setting is... It's very, like, Futurama futuristic. There's a picture of an alien on the wall, just saying read. It's Mm -hmm. like an alien holding a book. And obviously, I don't know, should we just say up front that this is taking place in Princess Carolyn's imagination? Yeah. Like, it's revealed in the same episode, so it's not, like, a spoiler. Yeah, it is a little, but I don't think there's really anyone experiencing the story for the first time. I think that we're mostly just reminding people. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think that people either vaguely remember what happens in each episode or they just watched it. Mm. Yeah, it's all in Princess Carolyn's imagination, which, you know, makes it even weirder that it contains the bits that she wasn't there for. So we can't really consider it canon. Like, this isn't what aliens look like in the future of the Bojack universe, because this isn't real. Yeah. But we can infer that this is what Princess Carolyn pictures as a generic alien, which is just a standard grey with big black eyes. But And that means we can also extrapolate that assume that those aliens are still kind of the cultural default but as we've discussed super not weird looking in this universe like the gray alien with the big eyes looks more like a human than at least a quarter of the normal population does (laughs) yeah that's a really good point (laughs) like in a universe with just moth people hanging out at the county courthouse something that is like a human but a slightly different color and with like a different head but not a very different head is very tame yeah There's also a poster for The Big Bang Theory, now in its 15th season. It's hard to make out the actual number, and I think that might be deliberate. Oh, wow. And there's the Nourishment Cube Pyramid instead of the Food Pyramid. There's a poster of the sun that just says, Our Relentless Star. (laughs) And also, it's still Hollywood. You can see the Hollywood sign out the window. Oh, you can too. But it's all underwater. Is it? Well, not it's underwater, but... LA is probably underwater. Like, everything under the sign is underwater. No, it is too. I didn't notice that. Thanks, global warming. Yeah. What did we do to deserve this as a species, except for all the stuff? There's a cubicle apple floating. I don't know if that's a nourishment cube or just an apple shaped like a cube. That's what I was going to mention. I'm really fascinated by that. Yeah. I mean, in Japan, they have square watermelons. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. It's cool. It'd make them really easy to stack. Could probably... I don't know. You probably can't, like... Like, scientists now probably couldn't genetically modify fruit to grow into a cube shape, because there's, like, not really a gene for that. But, like, maybe with future science. Yeah. I was wondering if it's for the robot teacher. I mean, yeah, probably. But, like... Is it? I don't know. There's there's not much point, like, trying to figure out the world building of this future scene because it's literally just Princess Carolyn (laughs) being like, this is probably what the future will be like, I guess. Like, some of it's probably tongue-in-cheek even in-universe from her. Yeah. But it's still fun. The the first slide that Ruthie shows just has a picture of Princess Carolyn and it says, agent, manager, pink. That happens for, like, every character she introduces. Like, there's one of Judah that says, like, hardworking, diligent, her suit, I think. <laughs> yeah. And she, like, Ruth, Ruthie herself is actually pink, so Princess Carolyn must not dye herself that colour. It must be genetic. Mm, yeah, I guess she is pink. She's a much paler pink. Yeah, she is. Her whiskers also come out of a 
fairly different part of her face. Yeah, it's weird, and her and her ears are slightly different. I I think that she's meant to like visibly have a little bit of mouse going on. Like particularly the ears are a little bit more like mouse ears, but just a tiny bit. Oh yeah. So I guess in Princess Carolyn's vision of the future, Ralph is the only mouse that (laughs) ever intermingled with her family line, and from then on, it was all cats. The second slide we see is, like, Princess Carolyn through the ages. <laughs> it's yeah. just cool. Like, it's obviously not her, but it's, like, Egyptian. And there's, like, that poster of, the like, the feminism one with the, the women. And I think she's Joan of Arc. Yeah, that's who I thought it was as well. Or possibly Eowyn from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so then we go back to 2017, and Princess Carolyn is getting dressed And it's a different house. This is her and Ralph's place. Very, like, kind of inspired by Chinese architecture and stuff, I've noticed. Like, it's a really cool house, but it has, like, kind of a a moat with a little bridge and there's, like, lily pads and things and, like, kind of, like, circular dark red wood going on and there's, like, bamboo planted outside. Hmm. Which doesn't really seem to fit with his character that much. No. I wonder what the story is there. Didn't notice that and... Yeah, that's really strange. I don't understand now. I mean, it looks cool, but it doesn't look like him. Um, so they talk about how she's pregnant. I'm sorry I can't go with you to the doctor. Don't worry about it. I feel great. Today is crucial. Stilton Cards has to create its own holiday to really be playing with the big boys. I think he pitches National Friend of a Friend Day in this scene, but yeah. we got a big list later. <laughs> um, Princess Carolyn takes a sip of Ralph's coffee and she ends up spilling it on herself and on her dress. And she breaks her necklace in the process. Today is going to be great. Oh, 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 She was wrong. Today was gonna suck. Something I never noticed about the opening until now is that when he's kind of going, sliding through the scenes, and then, like, suddenly he's uncomfortable and because there's that big, like kaleidoscope of his mistakes behind him in the air. They kind of schloop down into the glass of brandy that he's then holding. Oh, okay. And then he drinks them, which is interesting. Yeah. It's a metaphor. What was that? It's a metaphor. Uh. <laughs> How would you celebrate friend of a friend day? Um. I feel like it could be kind of nice. Like, you just, like, reach out to a friend of a friend that you kind of like and be like, hey, I appreciate you. Maybe we should be friends. Maybe not. But here's a card. Then maybe, but then you end up being friends with everyone and then there's no one to send one to next year. It's just not viable, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, after 10 years, the whole planet would just be friends. Be horrible. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so next we see Princess Carolyn's office and she's wearing her usual outfit, so she must have got it clean in time for work. Or she just has, like, a wardrobe full of the exact same stuff. Oh yeah, no, that's a really good point. It is a cartoon. I love it, because, like, obviously, like, that wasn't originally what was going on in-universe with cartoons, but then, like, someone made a joke about it the first time, and now, like, almost every cartoon show like this just has, like, a scene where someone opens their closet and they just have multiples of the same thing. Yeah. Just like Steve Jobs. Hmm. Steve Jobs, secret cartoon character. (laughs) So Princess Carolyn calls Bojack, and Bojack's driving with Diane in the car. You need to get a new agent. I'm sick of filling your offers. Offers? Well, you tell them that I'm not doing another reality show. It was so degrading. These are actually good offers. Really? Like what? I'm not telling you because... Got it. Busy, busy. Well, I'm busy too, so I'll call you back later. Bye. Don't call me back and I'll work for you! <laughs> He's eating... I don't know, ice cream. I think it's frozen yogurt with, like, bits on it. Including gummy bears. And I do just want to point out that gummy bears are still gummy bear-shaped in the Bojack universe. Oh, yeah. And, like... A bear's body is close enough to a human body that maybe it's just a heavily stylized human body or maybe like a toddler. But I've got my eye on you, Lisa. (laughs) Huh, I never thought about that. I thought you were just going to say about, well, I don't know. I thought you were going to agree with me, not knowing my opinion, that putting gummy bears in frozen desserts is stupid because it makes them go all hard and hard to chew. I like that. Sometimes I put licorice in the freezer. Okay. We're different people. We are. Bro, Jack and Diane are going to the county courthouse to find Hollyhock's birth certificate. I am a famous. They will give me the birth certificate. Everyone gives me everything I want all the time. It is an existential curse, but a huge day-to-day convenience. So why do you need me? I don't know. Just wanted some company. You told me 
to use a vacation day at work because this was, quote, a feminism-related emergency. <laughs> I got your number. I do enjoy that he's going on about how, like, he's famous so everything will work out for him. Because, like, previously, whenever he is lampshaded that, it sort of does work out for him. But this is the one episode where it just super doesn't and it's really frustrating for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so then we see Rutabaga's office that he has with Gecko. I forgot her first name. The offices of Gecko Rabidowitz. Yeah. There are some fun movie posters in the corridor. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Flight of the Pegasus poster, which is a good callback, because we know that that movie has now gone well, which is presumably good for Gecko Rabidowitz. And later, we also see Princess Carolyn looking kind of despondently at a news article on her computer that says that the Flight of the Pegasus trilogy has been expanded to five films. Oh, I didn't see that. That's cool. Not gonna talk about the fact that this is the only instance of feathered wings that exists in the Bojack universe, but yep. just just wanted to let everyone know that I'm still mad. <laughs> um, there's also a poster for Uncle Cuck. This Christmas, someone's getting cucked. Oh, so no. it's Uncle Buck, I guess? I don't really know what Uncle Buck is. I didn't think it had De Niro in it. But anyway, this one's Uncle Cuck. And it's like Robert De Niro looking shocked at the camera and in the background, presumably, his wife is making out with someone else. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so Princess Carolyn and Judah are there. They're on their way there to get Courtney another acting job. Courtney, the one who, like, almost married Todd. Courtney Portnoy? Yes. Courtney Portnoy is a, a short port... I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on the way there, I forgot this bit. They run into Gecko, and Ruthie, like in the background, we hear her describing how Princess Carolyn was inspired, like to try and have a kid and have her career and stuff by this woman. But then all Princess Carolyn says is that Gecko looks tired, which was very interesting. Uh, so Rudabega pops out of his office, and he, he looks kind of nervous. He's a bit frazzled. He's just a rabbit. I think he knows what's coming, and he feels a bit bad about it. No, that's just what rabbits are like. Okay. You're fired. I'm fired? I tried to talk her out of it, but between the gun movie misfiring and her nuptials turning into nuptials and her blaming you for both of those things? I, I'm interested to see if you were just joking. or do you, I got the sense that Rudabega was actually... Oh, no, I was just... I was just talking shit. He definitely knows. Oh, okay. Is it, yeah, it's interesting. He seems to genuinely feel bad about it. Like, I think that he does genuinely like Princess Carolyn. He's just a dick. Yeah. Um, and as Princess Carolyn's leaving, Gecko taunts her. Did you have a good meeting? Did you get fired? Ugh. Mean, but expected. That's what their relationship is. And then they're outside somewhere, and Judah gives Princess Carolyn a decaf latte. Thanks, Judah. You know, one year ago, a setback like this would have really spun me out. But I don't need Courtney. Every time we fall, we get back up stronger and better than ever. What's next? I noticed your necklace was broken, so I pushed back your doctor's appointment and found a reputable jeweler nearby. So, you say they're outside somewhere, and where they are specifically outside of is a place called Civet Coffee. Mm -hmm. Do you know what Civet Coffee is in our universe? Is it the... The coffee that's been eaten by monkeys? No, it's been eaten by a civet, which is kind of like a stoat oh, okay. or a weasel. So, yeah, I guess that still exists in this universe. Yeah. What a vocation. Yeah. Huh. Also, I can't quite see the whole sign because Judah's bun is in front of it, but there's a thing that I think says, yep, it says, try our new cappuccino. So. Ew. Possibly also a new job for Princess Carolyn if she wants. <laughs> There's people just eating coffee beans and pooping them out and then people make coffee out of them and other people drink it. Which is like, to be honest, only like slightly more weird than the fact that people in this universe drink coffee that's been pooped out by a weasel. But meh. Yeah, that's a good point. Perhaps it would behoove us to entice Bojack Horseman back into our stable. Ugh. I'm sorry, ma'am. Stable and behoove were poor word choices. I was not trying to engage in punnery during business hours. Don't worry about it, Judah. There's no such thing as hooves. And if there's such thing as a stable, I don't want to know about it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Of course. Oh, God, this show. It's just getting frustrating at this point. It's just like, <laughs> think about your words. <sighs> Sorry, that was aggressive. <laughs> Raphael, are you even thinking about your words <laughs> and associated writers? Oh, uh, yeah. Even Lisa Hannibal is slightly dropping the ball. Gummy bears, there's a, there's like, 
a picture of a dog in the froth on some coffee later in the episode that includes paw prints. No such <laughs> thing as paws. Yeah. Fucking shag's gone to the dogs. And I mean animal dogs, not people dogs. <laughs> also, in the list of things, that in the list of holidays that Ralph is writing, there's Groundhog's Day, but he's written Groundhog Person's Day. That means that a groundhog person is distinct from a groundhog. Like, don't qualify it. All groundhogs are persons. Although that's not new. I think that there was, I think that Bojack has referred to, like, fish people. Okay. Still, though, yep. this episode has a high density of bullshit. <laughs> it does. Ugh, wait till we get to the, the live cats. Ugh. I will. Okay. Bojack is off the table. We're a small management company. We just need to focus on the clients we have. You know best. And we see her car pull up, which I didn't realize her, was her car until this minute. But I wanted to point out the license plate. Have we? Well, I think we've mentioned that before, actually. What does it say again? It's Y-O-L, nine lives. So, like, YOLO, <laughs> nine lives. I like that. Yeah. I was really confused because I was like, I didn't realize it was her car. And I was like, why is it clearly like a human person driving that car? And then I saw the valet sign or valet sign. Pronounce valet. <laughs> I can't do words. No one knows how to pronounce that word. Don't worry. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So Princess Carolyn obviously gets in her car and drives off and she calls Mr. Peanut Butter. Heard you dropped out of the governor's race. Now let's get you back to work on what really matters. Show business. I can't wait to get back in front of the camera. But right now I have to help my former political rival defeat my two ex-wives. One of whom is in the pocket of powerful lobbyists and the other of whom murdered popular actor and soundtrack artist Zach Braff and ate his burnt flesh. They mention eating that people ate Zach Braff. Yeah, which I hate. Yeah. Like, I forgot that this happened, and, like, I mean what I said last time, they shouldn't have ever brought it up again. Because yeah. if he is still aware in-universe that Jessica Biel canonically killed and ate Zach Braff, that should be the immediate recourse for stopping her from being governor. Yeah. she should be in super jail. Oh, I just wanted to mention in the, the scene with Mr. Peanut Butter, there's, like, a math map of... Southern Californian districts, and oh, I get it now. Um, some areas are marked out with a red X, and the Pacific Ocean is marked with an X. Oh, no, I get it. Never mind. I thought they were doing something huh. clever. I thought they okay. were the X on the Pacific Ocean was like, don't bother, like the fish people aren't gonna vote for us anyway. Uh. <laughs> but no. What voting jurisdiction are the fish people in? Yeah, it's a good question. Because, like, technically, they do not live within the borders of any terrestrial state. Yeah. Huh. Are they just... Maybe they're self-governed? Like an island? I guess. But, like, in that case, like, what's the procedure if you want to build or expand a city under the sea somewhere? Does all land already have geographical claims on it from nations, even under the sea? Or is there, like, unclaimed sea land that no nation owns because it's underneath international waters? Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Huh, that's a pickle. Food for thought. Yeah. Princess Carolyn goes to the jewelers. So I need this clasp replaced. 24 karat gold. This is a priceless family heirloom. Princess Carolyn had gotten her necklace from her mother, who got it from her mother, who brought it from the old country. There's a magpie who's just, like, quickly stealing shiny things and putting them in her purse, which I like. Oh, that's cool. I noticed her. I didn't see what she was doing. Thievery. Are magpies just an Australian animal, or are they... Everywhere. Our magpies are just Australian, but what most people mean by magpies isn't ours. Although I think that this one might be an Australian one. Yeah. Because huh. I think that ours might be the ones that are known for being attracted to shiny things, although that's a pretty generally birdy thing. But um, yeah, our magpies aren't even related to crows. Oh, okay. Whereas like the ones in Britain, I don't know if the US has them, but like it's a it's a different bird. It's still black and white, but yeah, hmm. unrelated. I guess the settlers were just like. That thing's black and white. That can be a magpie. Oh, God, it's killing me. Oh, God. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've ranted about them as well. Yeah. Ugh, they're the worst. Hang on. I'm just going to quickly... Yeah, I think that is a picture of an Australian magpie. Oh, cool. Ooh, there is a North American magpie. Yeah, it's definitely not one of those. Oh. They look super different. Very cute. British magpie? I think that is the same as the North American. Yeah, I think it's an Australian magpie. Oh. Thanks, Lisa. Cool. And what's the little animal that Princess... 
the little animal. What is the animal? Princess Carolyn's talking to. Um, that's not an animal. It's a person. Ah, oh, sorry. I think she's just a lemur oh, okay. of some kind. Cool. I like lemurs. Yeah, I like her outfit. It's a lot of purple. I like purple. Mm, so now we get the flashback where she's telling the story about the cats coming from the old country. Yeah. Which, so like, A, is there a cat country? Is this like the mice, th- like cat immigrants? Yeah, but it's not like cartoons of cats. It's like actual cats. They probably did it digitally, but they have just like gotten a lot of old photos and like photos of cats and then animated it with like just moving the photos around, mm. which is a pretty cool if unsettling effect, but it does also make it far more realistic than the style of the show itself. And it really bothers me when like people's imaginations or like paintings in the universe of a cartoon are like less stylized than the real life in the cartoon. Yeah. But I don't understand it, Jim. It is a valid stylistic choice, but not one that I will validate. Okay. It reminds me of Angela Anaconda. Oh, yeah. I wonder if there's any Angela Anaconda podcasts. I, I don't yeah. know how well that show would hold up. <laughs> um. So, yeah, with this little flashback thing, um, we find out that I suspect Princess Carolyn's family is from somewhere in Eastern Europe, and... When they moved over here, they tried to, like... Kazakhstan. <laughs> That's good. Thanks. <laughs> when they moved over to the US, they tried to, like, hold on to all their possessions, but they ended up selling them. But she never sold that necklace, because that was the one gift she could give her daughter. A treasure from the past, and a symbol of the tenacity and stick that has for generations led my family to always land on their feet. Um, so Princess Carolyn's given a ticket and told to come back in two hours. And then we hear something break. And then we see it was Charlie with the spoon. He's like, yeah. dropped a lamp and he's just being clumsy like usual. Thank you. Oh, oh. sorry, sorry. Ah, wait. Sorry, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just looking for something really nice. This is for a sexy catfish I met on the internet. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't get that that was a joke. That's funny. <laughs> Catfishing, I get it. Yeah, because he would be the Tatsuga catfished. <laughs> I love the idea that catfishing in the Bojack universe is someone just pretending to be a catfish. <laughs> because everyone wants to date a catfish. Yeah. Those weird slimy whiskers. Whoa. <laughs> um, so Charlie and Princess Carolyn talk and Princess Carolyn finds out that finds out that Judah rejected an offer to merge the two companies on Princess Carolyn's behalf, and she pretends like she knows what's going on. Last year, I reached out to your guy, I want to say Judo? Judah? Uh, this guy's name was Judo. When Charlie couldn't think of Judah's name, I thought of you. <laughs> Back at the office, Princess Carolyn's coming in, but she's like sneaking in and spying on Judah. Oh, uh, excuse me. Hello. Judah, you'll never guess who I just ran into. It was Charlie Witherspoon. How does that make you feel? That very short story makes me feel nothing, but I don't think it's your fault as a storyteller. I often have trouble engaging with narratives. Could it all have been a misunderstanding involving an enigmatic stranger named Judah? So, what's next, then? Is it possible you've forgotten your doctor's appointment? Oh, fish! It's my fault. I rescheduled it in an attempt to make your life easier. Several times in this episode, we see that one of the things that Princess Carolyn really values about Judah is that he takes initiative and makes decisions on her behalf that benefit her. But then, like, the whole reason she's pissed off at Judah for making that decision without her about, you know, Vim and Vigor merging is that he made a decision that would benefit her without her input. Although, I guess we can talk later about whether or not we actually think it was an appropriate thing for him to do. Because it is definitely, like, a higher order of thing. It's not just scheduling. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't made that connection. Um, so, back to Bojack and Diane. They're waiting at the court office. Um, before before that, we do get, like, another little snippet of the future. And there's, like, this turtle kid who keeps on asking what a manager even does. Do they just say the names of movies and actors? How does that generate revenue? No one knows, Torf. It's not important. Be quiet, Torf. Take your hush pill. And then a robot arm comes out of his desk and it's just holding a massive pill that if you pause is labelled future Adderall. Thought that was a nice touch. Oh, that's cool. Alright, so back at the courthouse, Bojack and Diane are waiting in line and Bojack gets impatient and tries to jump the line. But it doesn't work because when he gets to the teller, the teller's like, oh, you need a number. 
Hello, friend. Yes, it's me, Bojack Horton. Number. I'm sorry, I don't give out my personal phone number. No, your number. You need a number or I can't help you, Bojack Whore. Horseman, it's horseman. I don't look familiar to you at all. Mm. Come on, Bojack, let's get a number. Wait a minute, you're Diane Newwin. I recognize you from your girl crush avatar. I loved 20 Reasons to Try the Diva Cup. Oh, well, thanks. In the establishing shot, there's an ice cream truck that says ice cream and bail bonds. Oh, that's cool. And there's also a lot of signs, like the ones that you would expect, like records. There's hunting and fishing licenses still exist in this universe, which we sort of already assumed, but still kind of bonkers. There are signs saying no loud talking, no quiet whispering, no eating, no drinking, no smoking, no justice, no peace. <laughs> Very Kafkaesque. Oh, and we see those that conversation between the two guys. Oh, a famous guy! And he's doing the right thing? This is like when George Clooney married that less famous lady. Wait, don't you mean George Clooners? Who cares? I, I sort of like that. Really? It annoyed me. I know it annoyed me the first time, but like, I don't know. Like, it, it makes sense because like, I feel like they just have to like, adjust for people who are only watching this season or don't remember last season, who would just think it was weird that they were saying George Clooney's name wrong. Yeah. But then they still like, hung a lampshade on it for people who have been paying attention, maybe pausing and going frame by frame on a lot of episodes, maybe talking about it on the internet. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. There's also a no feeding the birds sign, like one of those like cross-hashed ones that just has like someone with throwing seed to like a goose. Okay, that's strange. What's the joke there? Just don't don't feed the birds is like another no doing something sign that okay. it doesn't make sense to have there, but also like birds are people. Yeah. So it's weird. It is weird. <laughs> I think joke is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Diane convinces Bojack to go and get a number, but to do that they have to wait in a huge long line and fill out some paperwork. Mm. A joke about bureaucracy. Yep, never seen a joke of this sort before. <laughs> Look at that comically large stack of forms. Yep. And that disaffected woman behind the glass. Haha. <laughs> 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 at the doctor's office, which is that rhinoceros doctor we've met before. Your pregnancy is no longer viable. Well, how do we make it viable again? I've just put, he gives some really BS reasons for my sh why she might have lost it. How did this happen? Oh, goodness, I don't know. I wouldn't beat yourself up. Miscarriages happen for so many reasons. There's nothing medically wrong with you. Maybe you just wanted the baby too much. Maybe you didn't deserve it because you were unkind once. Maybe you ran afoul of a trickster god or wood nymph who is now exacting revenge. Oof. I liked that though, like it was a joke about like the weird anxiety reasons that people have in their own heads about why bad things happen to them. Yeah. So it's funny that a doctor would say them, but in universe, yes, very harsh. <laughs> yeah. And in the doctor office to find somebody to drive her home. No, I'm okay. I don't need anyone. You're a real tough broad, except for, you know, the uterus area. So back at the jewelry store. <laughs> They're still sweeping up after Charlie with a spoon. <laughs> like the whole place is broken. They're just sweeping everything into a corner. Hey, is my necklace ready? Oh, I was going to call you. When I was working on your necklace, I realized something. Oh? It's not actually gold. It's just gold-plated. See? No, it, it's very expensive. It's pretty, but basically worthless. And I'm only saying it's pretty to make you feel better. But it's from the old country. It's been in my family for generations. No, this is costume jewelry from J.C. Penney, circa 1963. Somebody just told you a story. And then we see her go back to her car and she's sitting in the parking lot and she just like is crying. Oh. Ralph! Just check in on how the doctor's appointment went. The doctor's appointment got pushed back. I'm actually just walking in now. You're sure it's okay I'm not there with you? It's fine. I'm a big girl. Everything is so easy with you, Princess Carolyn. I mean, that's why I love you. Although it is obviously a very emotionally affecting scene, Princess Carolyn's crying does sound like someone pretending to cry who has never cried in their life. <laughs> I don't know if that's just the actor doing something weird, or like, maybe it is just meant to be that Princess Carolyn basically never cries. Yeah. And it's like a deliberate creative choice, but it's kind of unsettling. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, 
Yes, over the phone, Ralph says he loves her. Basically, that she's very easy to get along with, and that's one of the things he loves about her, which comes up again. That's like, I don't know, that's something that I've only kind of realized in recent years that is kind of like sort of a messed up thing to say to a partner. Like things like, being with you is so easy, I love that about you, or like, I love that you're happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Even though those things might be true, and you know that you would still love the person if this suddenly wasn't the case, it does sort of put pressure on the person you're saying it to. Yeah. Which isn't great. Shall we talk about all his ideas for holidays? Go for it. Acknowledge your gardener day. Got to assume that that one is just because his family is always trying to eat their gardeners, and he was <laughs> like, man, gardeners sure have it rough. <laughs> Malt day, a good one, because presumably birds and a lot of furred people and a lot of chitinous people would be malting, but that would kind of just happen not according to, like, that. you couldn't, like, save that up. Ooh, and lizards. A lot of things malt. We're, like, the only things that don't malt. Oh, okay. We just keep our skin on and it just kind of gradually sheds cell by cell instead of just all coming off in one piece suddenly, <laughs> unless you get really sunburned. Oh, yeah. So, an interesting one, but probably not viable because you couldn't time it properly. There's Arbor Day 2. Don't really know what Arbor Day is and I can't be bothered looking it up to make a cool joke about it, but gonna assume it's trees. Arbor Day. Yeah, I don't think it's actually trees. But Arbor is trees, so if it's not trees, then that's your fault, America, for naming something a weird thing that isn't what it is. You were right. Arbor Day is a holiday in which individuals and groups are encouraged to plant trees. Wait, it actually is about trees? According to Wikipedia, it is. Huh. I thought I was joking. That's nice. <laughs> it's a good holiday. Yeah. Sorry, America, I take it back. Go plant some trees. Why yeah. don't we have that? Halloween in January, already done by Todd and Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah, it's a good throwback. Week Appreciation Day. Yeah. <laughs> Nebulous, but I like it. <laughs> Lion Pride Day. Funny, but probably too specific to market well. Yeah. Old Year's Eve. Chronologically difficult. Why? Wouldn't it just be the last day of the year? No, because the eve of something is the day before it. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Columbus Day. Columbus is a type of monkey, which is crossed out, and then they've written Indigenous Poodles Day, <laughs> which is obviously a joke about Columbus Day and people pushing it for it to be Indigenous Peoples Day. But in-universe, a lot to unpack there world-building-wise yeah. <laughs> about, about what Columbus monkeys have to do with poodles. Happy Hibernation is a pretty good one. Yeah, I think it is. Because that would be around the same day every year, or around the same time at least. And like, it does have interesting implications though, because now we know that Hibernation still exists. So there are like, a lot of people that would just disappear for a whole winter. So they're hibernating. Yeah. Like, that would have a lot of implications for like, infrastructure. <laughs> employment and stuff. Take yourself to work day. Ralph, you scamp. Cinco de Rhino. Kind of a funny pun? Yeah, kind but of. That just, doesn't that just mean the, the fifth of Rhino? What would that be? Yeah, I don't know. Nothing. Ralph. Spawning <laughs> week. Pretty good one. Although, again, pretty specific to just, like, you know, fish and frogs and things. Groundhog's Person's Day. I refuse to engage with you. <laughs> Happy Pronica. Sort of funny in that I don't think prawns are kosher, but also, okay. is kosher still a thing? I don't know anymore. <laughs> I guess it would be, but like, yeah, I, yeah. I guess you just... <laughs> yeah, like, like uh, if... no. <laughs> like, is Hanukkah already a thing in the universe and this is adding on to it? Or is the actual thing Pranica and they've, they don't have greeting cards for it yet? Yeah, no, he's trying to invent holidays here, not invent cards. So, yeah. It, it would be that he's trying to invent Pronica, so mm. just like a version of Hanukkah, but for prawns, I guess? Yeah. I don't think you could do that. I think that he's really scraping the, the bottom of the barrel here. Yeah, it is his fourth last one. Time for lunch day. Okay. And find and something with cheese. <laughs> I bet you there's already a national cheese day in the US. Yeah. And finally, Belabor Day. Yeah, play on Labor Day. So those are all pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. He's had lots of ideas, I just don't know what... I just don't think there's many good ones there. But good luck to him. What does he settle on again? Isn't it like Paperweight Appreciation Day or something? Yeah. Yeah, we find out about that at the restaurant. Then we see Princess Carolyn go back to her office, and she's drinking at her desk. And then Judah comes in. Is everything okay, Princess Carolyn? Charlie Witherspoon made you an offer to buy them, and you went over my head and turned him down without telling me. Oh. So it's true. You lied to me. 
Yes. Because you didn't want to work at a big agency. Uh, you don't fit in with other people. I... You're weird. So you'd rather stay here where you have all the power. No, Princess Carolyn. So you lied to me and you made me look like an idiot. I was trying to protect you. I knew if you heard the offer, you'd feel like you had to say yes. I don't need you to protect me. But if you had more time, you could decide what you wanted to do next on your own terms, which you did. Well, that's not your decision to make. Princess Carolyn, I understand you're upset. And perhaps you're emotional. No. If I can't trust you, then I can't work with you. You're fired. Thank you for my time here, Princess Carolyn. It's been very pleasurable. Until now. This part is... sad. Don't forget, you have reservations at eight. Thank you, Judah. Good night. I wonder if there's anything to her accusation that his motivation was more about how he doesn't like working at big agencies. Because he has explicitly said that, and he does not often voice opinions about things. Yeah. I would need to go back and, like, revisit the context of when he turned down that deal, because it was yeah. a while ago now. But, like, you know, I wonder if he genuinely did have Princess Carolyn's best interests, interests at heart, or if he was thinking more about himself. Yeah, that's a really good point. So we go back to the B plot. As out of the court, Brojack's getting angry, and Diane tells Brojack that they should just go home. She just give up, and... <laughs> Project tells the lady at the counter that he wants to file a complaint, but there's too much, like, involved to file a complaint, so he's just like, okay, you win, we're leaving. So then we go back to our new favourite restaurant, and Ralph and Princess Carolyn... Do you know the name of it yet? No, I know it starts with S, but that's all. Paige, he's in the fucking scene, it's called Sandra's Place. (laughs) (laughs) How do you still not know the name of this excellent Mexican restaurant? (laughs) (laughs) well they're meeting for dinner and ralph has some wine and princess carolyn has some mint tea and princess carolyn decides not to tell ralph and then and princess carolyn kind of gets choked up a bit and she decides to go home by herself are you okay i have to go oh well you want me to drive you no it's fine i'll just meet you at home But when Princess Carolyn got to the home that she and Ralph shared, she found she didn't have the strength to go inside. So she goes back to her old place who she's renting to Todd. Um, can we jump back to when they're talking at the restaurant? Because he says, did they tell you the species of the baby yet? Oh yeah, I've totally forgot about that. And yeah, I guess that would be pretty obvious in an ultrasound. Yeah. And like I think I think that we do like eventually see Hollyhock's birth certificate and her species is listed as horse. Yeah. And we saw Bojack's file from the newspaper company. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. So it's a pretty bad lie, her saying, Oh, the doctor didn't have the information. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, back at her old house at Tabbywood. Yeah, so she goes back there and she wa- walks in on the clown dentist performing surgery on a little kid yeah it's just a very outrageous scene but princess carolyn says she's gonna go have a nightcap and go to bed and then we see like a flash forward and all the clowns and everything have got drunk the seal's teeth (laughs) like like that because like the scene is framed very like disturbingly when she walks in and it's dark and there's all these clowns doing surgery but like the clowns are all just kind of looking at her smiling but the seal has like very prominent sharp teeth which like seals do just have but like (laughs) There's a lot of juggling this season. There is. Has juggling animation technology improved suddenly? Because <laughs> this makes sense, but the bit where Diane is juggling bottles for no reason doesn't really make sense. Yeah. I think maybe they just got, like, a cool new, like, juggling extension in their animation program. <laughs> They're all drunk and partying and stuff and and juggling, as you said. And the kid's just still, like, knocked out on the chair. It's so concerning. Yeah. Um, And also all of the posters on the wall that we've talked about before, like Cat on the Hot Tin Roof and Junior and stuff, they've, like, put clown faces on. Yeah, kind of Joker style. Ralph knocks on the door and all the clowns run and get out. Oh, hello, handsome. Oh, thank God. You didn't come home. You didn't answer your phone. I was worried. Aw, you was worried. Judah told me you might be here. Did you fire him? That hipster Chewbacca always getting in my personal biznatch. I didn't know you still had this place. Why do you still have this place? Okay, what, third degree much? Have you been drinking? It's fine, okay? (laughs) I get to drink because baby went gone. Oh, my God. Princess Carolyn. It's okay. You know me. I always land on my feet. So you were lying earlier at dinner? Is that what you're upset about? 
that I lied? That's the big sad thing that happened? I'm just trying to process what you just threw at it's me. It's gonna be fine. I'll be pregnant again in no time. We'll go back to the doctor. Maybe talk about other options. I don't need other options. My mother had 12 kids. My body was made for this. We just gotta keep tick, tick, ticking. <sighs> Princess Carolyn, I know you want to do this on your own, but you've had two miscarriages now. Five. And... What? I've had five miscarriages. One last year, now one, and three others before. But it's whatever. It's okay. Why didn't you tell me? Are you kidding? I don't want you looking at me like that. Like that! I know I can do this. You can't keep stuff like this from me. It's not okay. It's not about you. It is. This is about us. You're not allowed to be mad at me. This is my bad day. It's our bad day. It's so easy for you to love me when everything's good. Princess Carolyn, I... You need to live in this. You need to get used to this because if you're serious about having a baby with me, this could happen again. Are you prepared for that? Do you want it that bad? I just think... We should maybe talk about other options. Get out of my apartment. I'm sorry. Get out! Save it for your next girlfriend. The one you can take home to your parents. The one who's easy. I don't know who's right here. It's kind of fucked up that she didn't tell him about the miscarriages of their child. But I also don't know if she necessarily had an actual obligation to? I wasn't sure about the three miscarriages. If they took place within this relationship, I got the impression they happened beforehand. Really? Yeah. Huh. Which it, it's still important information because it implies certain things, but... I don't know. Well, mm. like, let's assume that they were within the relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you think that she should have told him? Or do you think that, like, since it's her body, like... She's allowed to keep that to herself if she wants. Depends at what stage it was. Ooh, give me a month. <laughs> <laughs> sat down and sat down your number page. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. There's just so much. I, I don't know if this is like the cop out, but there's so much stigma around miscarriages and things. I don't blame her for keeping it from him. If that makes sense. Like, I think there's some deeply, like, psychological stuff going on that it's not her fault if she didn't work through that and come to the point where she told him about it. But, like, do you think that, like, it's understandable, but do you think that he had a right to that knowledge? Mm. It's like, intuitively, I feel like he probably did. Like, this is a thing that they're doing together, but it is also, at this point, knowledge about her body, but it is also knowledge about their child. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if it was his kid, then yeah, you should probably know. It's a tricky one. Yeah, if it was from previous relationships and things, I don't think she has. Yeah, if it was from previous relationships, then I think that's basically fine. Yeah. It is really interesting to me, though, that like she seems to not even want to consider like IVF. Yeah. The fact that she keep that she just really wants to like power through all these miscarriages and have a baby the quote-unquote natural way and refuses to get any input from Ralph on that. Mm. And then that's another thing, because, the, like, Ralph saying maybe we should consider other options. Like, this is no longer just about his right to knowledge. This is, like, about his right to participate in the choice. Yeah. About something going on with her body. And, yeah. like, and he's not being pushy. Like, I think he genuinely does just want to, like, discuss them, but she's reluctant to do even that. I don't know. I find it difficult because I mm. don't think they should have had the conversation right now at this point. Yeah, this is not a good time, like, because she's, like, just had a really bad day and is clown drunk. Yes. <laughs> and he has only just learned about all of these new data points. So, like, <laughs> this is a really bad time to have the discussion. Yeah, and Princess Carolyn brings up the point that it's easy to love her when everything's good and okay. And, yeah, that just broke my little heart. Yeah. And that's what I meant before about how, like, telling someone that you love them because they make everything so easy, that does put pressure on. To always make things easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, At the same time, I don't think, like, I think that she is pushing him away needlessly. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think she's kind of looking for an excuse to end this relationship, because that way it's on her terms. Mm. She likes being in control. Yeah. Oh, and she mentions, you know, Ralph should find a girlfriend who will make his parents proud. So that's obviously yeah. a sticking point. Okay, so then Princess Carolyn goes back to her office, and she finds her broken neck necklaces on the floor of the office. I sort of like that she picks up her broken necklace and, like, because the clasp didn't get fixed. The fact that she just kind of fixes it with a paperclip and puts it back on 
I don't know. I found that weirdly powerful. Yeah. And Bojack calls her and Princess Carolyn picks up. What is it? How was your day? Oh, well. Because mine was awful. I mean, truly, one for the books. All because I'm a good guy who was trying to do the right thing. You want to know what I do when I have a really bad, awful, terrible day? What? I imagine my great-great-great-granddaughter in the future talking to her class about me. She's poised and funny and tells people about me and how everything worked out in the end. And when I think about that, I think about how everything's going to work out. Because how else could she tell people? But it's... fake. Yeah, well, it makes me feel better. And the episode ends. And we get a different end theme. It is Oh Heart by Tank and the Bangers. Ah, cool. Bangers? Tank and the Someones. Oh heart, oh heart, stop making a fool of me. Fuck, this episode is bleak. Yeah. Like, it's not just depressing, it's sort of cruel to the viewer. Like, because up until that point, you do genuinely think that everything's going to turn out okay because of the framing device. Mm. And, like, this is one of those episodes that makes me relate to people who tell me they don't want to watch Bojack Horseman because it's too depressing. Oh, yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> it really is. Like, I don't know if I like this episode. I, th- I think it's needlessly dark. Like, it's dark in ways that are just, like, kind of horrible and, like, barely drive the plot. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yep, it's a dark one. And I feel like we say that more often than we don't (laughs) with this show. I almost feel like, as a secondary character, she doesn't deserve this kind of harsh treatment. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we we tune in to see Bojack suffer. Leave Princess Carolyn alone. Yeah, that's a good point. You can email us at horseandaloud at gmail.com, H-O-R-S-A-N-A-L-O-U-D, no apostrophe. Or you can tweet us at horseandaloudpod. You can also find us on Tumblr or Facebook. If you like the show, please rate or review it on iTunes, or just trick us into coming on an errand by saying you have a feminism-related emergency. (laughs) I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And until next time, human, human, what what now? now?